season felt like it would never end. Thought that Traquan would have been come back in MVP. Negro, please. Conservative play calling and trying to get to third and three. Play action pass to Adam Prentice just won't work for me. But the team got lots of fight. DA boy running out of time. Even though we seen the Saints could win the Super Bowl. At least at first, things were cool. All of the players, all of the coaches, all the momentum, yeah, them boys was cool. So we can make believe the Saints, they could win the South. But I can't pretend that I don't see. Long they got DA, the team will be 3 and 14. Say, long they got DA. Down by two, Drew Brees to save the day. I remember it, it's like it was on yesterday. And Mike T was the best receiver in the league. Well, at least he was to me. It's been some years, winter, summer, spring, and fall. It's been a minute since I really seen this team ball. I, I can travel back in time. Throw the flag, the Super Bowl was mine. Even though we've seen the Saints could win the Super Bowl. At least at first, things were cool. All of the players, all of the coaches, all the momentum, yeah, things were cool. But I can't pretend that I don't see Long they got DA The team will be 3 and 14 Say Long they got DA Can't believe I was a fool To think this team was straight I'd give anything And everything To make DA Oh, yeah.
Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Hope everybody enjoyed the new single from the State of the Saints podcast, Records, entitled 3 and 14. All right. Do I feel like the Saints are going 3 and 14? No, but I just thought that it would be funny to do okay but <laughs> thank you all so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast shout out to everybody in the chat shouts out to everybody that's listening around the country around the world wherever you are wherever you may be today we're going to be talking about star running back alvin Kamara and his future and how that could affect the new orleans saints now unless you've been living under a rock i'm pretty sure you already know what happened uh when it comes to alvin Kamara last year in las vegas uh alvin Kamara was down in Vegas for the Pro Bowl, uh, got himself into an altercation, him along with two other football players, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they got into it with a guy, and, um, you know, it, it looked pretty bad here. Uh, I got the footage um, that I'm going to show you all uh, from what happened uh, that particular night. Uh, this happened once again um, last year. As you can see, Alvin Kamara, you know, putting putting hands on boy. You got two other guys out there stomping a mud hole in and walking them dry. Uh, just not a good look. Um, definitely not a good look for a guy who is the face of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we we have to believe that he is now that Drew Brees is gone. I think Cam Jordan is definitely of the a face of the franchise. But when people think about you know the big playability, the spectacular stuff, they they looked at Alvin Kamara. Uh, this first year, he actually was uh, appointed the captain of the team. He wore the C on his chest for the very first time. Um, I know a lot of people might think that this is going to get dust under the rug. Uh, you think about the players, you think about them always getting in trouble all of the time. And it just seems like they always get away with community service, but it seems like Las Vegas is really trying to buckle down on situations like this. And I would hope that this isn't one of those cases where it ends up being a plastic birds type situation. When the state of New York was trying to uh, put those strict gun laws into play and, of course, we know Plaxico Burris uh, had a, a gun in a club, ended up shooting himself in the leg, ended up getting arrested and, and going to jail for almost two years, if not two years. If you look at Las Vegas, Las Vegas is a place that a lot of people go to enjoy themselves. I went to Las Vegas last year with my wife. Uh, we went to go see Usher in concert. But it was a great place to to go out there and enjoy yourself. And a lot of people... You know, they got that they live by that moniker that everybody talks about. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I think that Vegas likes their reputation, but Vegas is trying to clean itself up the best way it can because they're trying to bring sports teams to that city. Okay. They already got the Raiders, right? They already got, if I'm not mistaken, a hockey team that's that's there. And they're trying to bring a basketball team there, if I'm not mistaken. So 
they are trying to do everything they possibly can to try to clean things up. And this could be one of those situations where they are trying to, where they're trying to make an example out of Elvin Kamara. And that's something that I definitely would not want them to do. Um, you know, it is unfortunate that that would happen, but at the end of the day, you can't do things like this and expect nothing to happen to you. I understand that it was late at night. I don't want to speculate, but we all know when you're out there late at night, you know, alcohol goes around, you know, a little bit of that puff puff might go around, you know, like and you're not in your right mind. And um, I think this is one of those situations where Alvin Kamara probably wished that he probably just went upstairs and went to sleep. But this guy, uh, he wants to file a lawsuit. And the Las Vegas court system will gladly oblige. It's the fact that it's Alvin Kamara. You know, the fact that he is such a high-profile player. And the reason why they're really trying to do everything that they can to try to make sure that he is an example. I, I really feel that. And um, I it's hard for me to sit up here and just say, well, I feel bad for Alvin Kamara. You can't put yourself in those type of situations. And I will really have to second guess my homeboys and who I'm hanging out with because somebody should have been pulling this dude back, should have allowed him to realize who he was and the magnitude of him stomping a guy out, what type of ramifications it can have. And um, I can't feel bad about something like that. You know, it, it's unfortunate. But uh, I just hope that it doesn't end too badly. Uh, do I feel like he's going to get suspended? Absolutely. Uh, the more that this stays in the news, uh, the more uh, it is more than likely that he's going to miss a substantial amount of time. You add what he did on top of the fact that the New Orleans Saints and the league office, the league office does absolutely no favors for the New Orleans Saints at all. We all know that, right? So one of the smallest little penalties or, or mammoth uh, penalties when it comes to the Saints. We all know that. So they're not going to uh, do the Saints any favor by just giving him maybe five or six games. This is a black eye to the National Football League. And even though they have been kind of lenient a little bit when it comes to like some of these suspensions, you've been, you haven't really seen league-long suspensions for the exception of Calvin Ridley gambling situation, which – I mean, that's pretty much self-explanatory there. Why would you do something like that, making millions of dollars? But I digress. The league, you know, they kind of buckled down a little bit, but I, I can see Alvin Kamara missing a lot of time, especially like if this thing is going to trial like we all intended going. Uh, the Saints are going to have to figure it out. Finding somebody to replace Alvin Kamara is not easy. Somebody that has that same skill set, that ability – that balance, uh, that playmaking, uh, man, just that gift of making plays, it's going to be hard to find. I think you're going to have to probably have two people to account for one Alvin Kamara on his team. Now, there's some guys out there that are going to be available uh, to, uh, you know, to the New Orleans Saints via free agency. Now, I'm going to go ahead and pull up uh, the running backs, and we're going to go ahead and, and take a look at you know, the running backs that might be a really good fit for the New Orleans Saints. I'm just going to read them out. I'm not going to put it up on the screen here. Of course, you know, the first name is Saquon Barkley, which I just feel like that's wishful thinking at this particular time. Then you got Kareem Hunt. Uh, that's somebody that the Saints can look into. But um, you think about his market, 
uh, the fact that he's been behind uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb, all that entire time, even though he was out there doing his thing. I think people tend to forget how special Kareem Hunt actually is. Um, he's 27 right now. He'll be 28 at the start of the league year. But, you know, I think that he'll be looking for uh, more money than what the Saints would be willing uh, to give out. Uh, Rashad Penny would be a good replacement, in my opinion. But his injury history over the last couple of years, I think that that may be a question mark for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jamal Williams, who played for Detroit, the guy who won America just by his personality and just being a fun-loving guy. Uh, I can see Detroit probably signing him back. They definitely look at him as a fan favorite. So I don't see uh, Jamal Williams, uh, you know, being out there uh, for the team. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I feel like the, the Vegas Raiders are going to put a franchise tag on him, especially when you look at the Raiders. They're going to uh, walk away from Derek Carr. They're going to get a new quarterback, probably going to be in a draft. And we all know that you need pieces around young quarterbacks in order for them to thrive. And what better way for them to thrive than to go and put a franchise tag on Josh Jacobs and he can be in the backfield helping out that young player. Uh, moving on, uh, of course, you have Mark Ingram, which I don't think is going to happen to me. I could be wrong, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I really feel like uh, Mark Ingram is probably not going to be in the league uh, this year. Uh, I really feel that way. Based on you know how he played last year, uh, some of the injuries that he had over the last couple of years, and not to mention that uh, he's 33 years old. So maybe a team that later on in the year might want to acquire his service. But I just think that Mark Ingram's life after football is about to take off because, I mean, he's such a talented guy. Uh, he's always on the show with Kay Adams up in Adam. Uh, he was on the NFL Network breaking down games. And we all know that Mark Ingram has a really big personality, definitely a guy that I feel like ESPN's college game day is probably going to go after and throw some money at because he's such a, a big, personality and i know that he's going to be a star with life after football then you have rex burkhead who's 32 yeah he can give you a little bit something out of the backfield but once again that 32 year old tag on him you know you got raheem Mostert, who's 30 has always been like a guy that's kind of been an alternate never really just been a starter always shared a backfield with other guys and uh you know i think that that would be a good fit um what but if i'm looking at this list I can go on and on about, you know, guys that can come into the Saints team and make an impact, but I want to talk about some of the more realistic guys, uh, guys like Boston Scott. I can see Boston Scott coming back to the New Orleans Saints. He was one of those guys I really felt like the New Orleans Saints did not want to get rid of, but the backfield was just so deep at the time that they just looked at it like he was just, you know, a casualty of that. He went to Philadelphia. He carved out a niche for himself. Uh, he got a lot of Darren Sproles in him, not exactly Darren Sproles, but you can see like some of his playmaking ability, his ability to make people miss, and him being so small, still, you know, he's out there still making plays, you know, catching the ball out the backfield and also running the ball in between the tackles. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, is a guy that I feel like if you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, all these different guys that they have to pay, you have to wonder, like, what are they going to do with Miles Sanders? Um, Miles Sanders still has a lot left in the tank. He's 25 years old, would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but I do feel like Miles Sanders uh, is not going to be one of those guys that's going to be uh, a, a cheap grab for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but guys like Boston Scott, you know, definitely would be on the list. 
Uh, Matt Breida is another guy that be that can be on the list. Spent some time with the 49ers, spent some time with the with the Dolphins, and of course with the Giants. I think that he would be a nice fit. Uh, Kenyon Drake is another guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, run between the tackles, give you that level uh, of production. Uh, but just based on the list and guys that I name, uh, Miles Sanders is a question mark. That's that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, you look at guys like David Montgomery, I definitely would put him on the list. Uh, and Boston Scott, those are going to be some guys that I feel like the New Orleans Saints can look at because Boston Scott gives you that ability uh, to catch the ball out of backfield, running in between the tackles. David Montgomery is a guy that can doesn't have to leave the field. And when you're thinking about what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara, you have to wonder how long this suspension is going to last. So you have to be thinking based on the footage. I mean, catching them red-handed, it's a black eye for the National Football League. We may be looking at Alvin Kamara uh, missing about 10 or 11 games. Now, I feel, I feel like he's probably going to appeal that. On maybe if they're feeling generous, they'll bump it down to eight. But he's going to miss at least half of the season, and the Saints have to be prepared for that. And also, you can always look at the NFL draft, right? Um, a guy that I'm really high on is Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh uh, out of Georgia. Pretty sure a lot of people seen him play, seen him play in the national championship game, seen him play in the semifinals, and all throughout his SEC career. Definitely would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. I think people kind of underestimate him because of his size, but I really feel like he can be that guy. He can do so many things, and I really honestly feel like if you add him to the New Orleans Saints team, he can bring something to it. You combine him with a guy like David Montgomery, who's a who's a seasoned veteran, I think that you can have something to build as long as Elvin Kamara uh, is out. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments. So let me see what you all think, and we'll go from there. Uh, David says, TJ, Vegas did not uh, to pick up Jacob's fifth-year option. Can they still tag him if they uh, denied his option? Yeah, they can. they can. They can still put a franchise tag on him. You know, that don't automatically make you a free agent. It just means that they weren't willing to give you uh, that money. But, yeah, you they can't put a franchise tag on you. They definitely could do that. Uh, what about B. John Robinson? Uh, well, B. John Robinson is a really good running back. Of course, you're talking about the guy out of Texas. Uh, I mean, he has a lot of great abilities. People are comparing him to Saquon Barkley, his balance, uh, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So definitely should be like the top running back taken off the board. But I just look at so many other teams that need a running back. I look at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, what they're going to do with Zeke Elliott. I mean, he's a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, you had, uh, you know, the running back, uh, his backup. You know, he he ended up uh, messing up his uh, knee pretty badly. And I feel bad for him because, to me, he was the better running back on the team. And also, he's going into a contract year. So, you know, the, the Cowboys, I look at them, you know, what are they going to do? Also a team within the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they need a running back. I don't think they're going to bring back Cheeseburger Lenny uh, this season. You know, I just think that you can do a lot better uh, than Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette has all the tools, but in my opinion, I just think he's a tad bit lazy. I think, you know, and I don't feel bad about saying that because this guy coming out of high school was the number one player in the entire country. He goes to LSU, has some dominant games and big games. It seems like he gets small. And then when it comes to like him getting into the NFL, it just seemed like to me like he has that whole I made it type mentality. And um, I, I haven't seen greatness. I haven't seen 
dominant. I haven't seen living up to the potential. I just see a guy that just happened to make a whole bunch of money, which is cool, but you got to back it up. And I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably going to do that because the backup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played better than Leonard Fournette. So what you have is two teams whose backups play better than the actual starters. So I cannot see B. John Robinson going getting past the Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's just my honest opinion. So I, I think if he's there, you definitely snatch him up. Um, I think he's worth of being a first-round pick, but there are so many teams out there that would acquire his services. I don't see him l- being there at 29. I would be absolutely shocked. Like, they're going to have to have, like, a Laramie Tunzel video of him, like, smoking a bong or something like that in order for his stock to drop and him not to be picked up by one of those teams. So I just think that you probably have to be looking at somebody else, like a Kenny McIntosh, who is uh, supposed to be, like, a late-round draft pick uh let's see i think uh we go get it together uh before uh the season starts um yeah you know i think that um i I hope that they can get it together you know but we'll see man you know the saints always start off a little slow they're not one of those teams that just go after all the top free agents so you know people that are going to be looking at day one a free agency probably going to be mad at the new orleans saints that they didn't go out here and be aggressive but that's just not who they are. Um, and you said uh, he was on the Bills also. No, I think you were referring to uh, Singletary. I think you're talking about uh, single, Devin Singletary. I think that's his name. Uh, he's a running back for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, David Montgomery is the guy that was the running back for the Chicago Bears. I, I, I get them mixed up from time to time as well. Uh, sign Kareem Hunt and trade Alvin Kamara for picks. You're not going to trade Alvin Kamara for picks. Nobody is going to want a guy that's going to be sitting at home for eight weeks, can't be around the team, okay? You have to be crazy to do something like that. And I'm pretty sure, like, if he comes back and, you know, a team probably want to look for him, but nobody is going to trade you somebody, you know, or give you somebody in exchange for a guy that's not on the field just yet. So you can say trade him, but people want to make sure that this guy is available. So if that's something that you want to do after he comes back from being suspended, then that's something I feel like you'll have a better chance of making the trade when he's upright and available. Uh, let's see. Uh, Saquon uh, would have been dope, but that's wishful thinking. Uh, Brain Scott back. Devin Singletary is a free agent also. Well, thank you, Dalton. I appreciate that. I'm pretty sure his name was on the list. I, prob- I probably just didn't hit it just yet. Uh, yeah, they were right after each other. It was David Montgomery and Devin Singletary. So, yeah, they both uh, are two guys. Uh, you know, that have been in the league. I want to say they came in the league around the same time. They're around the same age. They're both 25 years old. Uh, you know, to me, I feel like David Montgomery is a guy that he's a little bit better to me than Devin Singletary. Uh, I think that David Montgomery has been a part of some unfortunate situations where I, I don't feel like the Chicago Bears had his best interest. Uh, once again, he's 25 years old. He's still young. He's in the prime of his career. And um, I think that if you're looking to try to sign somebody uh, like a David Montgomery, uh, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I think that he has, uh, you know, a lot. Now, Devin Singletary, I I wouldn't be mad if they were to sign him either. But if I had to choose between the two, I probably would go uh, with Montgomery over Singletary. But thank you for that, Dalton. I really appreciate that. It's crazy because they was right underneath each other. So I appreciate you uh, checking that out for me, man. Let's see. I hear we are looking at Hendon Hooker heavily. 
Uh, I don't know exactly if they're looking at him heavily or not, but I think they should be. Um, everybody knows how I feel about Hendon Hooker. I think the guy is a, a leader. I think the guy is smart. I think he's a guy that you can build your team around. I'm not too concerned about some of the things that people are saying about him as far as like the system that he ran in college and how is it going to translate to the pros. I've seen this on so many occasions, guys that have that same similar skill set and they come into the league and they still are able to uh, generate success. Uh, I just think that if you find yourself looking at this guy and saying, oh, you know, he's not going to be able to run a pro system, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because what you have is a guy that's willing to learn what you have is a guy that that I feel like will be able to catch on extremely fast. And the fact that he had Josh Heupel's offense and he was able to run it to perfection, I think that that's, that speaks dividends about him and his knowledge and his ability to be able to understand the playbook. Now, this isn't one of those situations where I feel like Hendon Hooker is going to be a first-day starter. But I feel like he gets acclimated into the offense, maybe learn behind someone, and, you know, develop, you know, the playbook. I think eventually if things start to go awry with your bridge quarterback, you can bring in Hendon Hooker, and I think he'll be able to win you some games and you can find some success. I mean, of course, this probably would be if, you know, the Saints don't sign Derek Carr. Then I can really see it realistically, them trying to sign a guy like Hendon Hooker. Uh, don't forget to wish Joe a happy birthday. He's listening, and so is grandmother and the crew. Uh, well, I want to definitely give a special shout out to my stepfather. May he have a happy birthday, Reverend Joseph Smith. Uh, shouts out to my grandmother that's listening to this right now. Thank y'all for y'all love and y'all support. And, uh, you know, I hope I can make y'all proud. OK, uh, but happy birthday to you. Uh, do you think he's uh, going to uh, going to get jail time? I don't think that he's going to get jail time. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he's going to get some community service time. I think that he's probably going to get uh, community service as well as probation. I, I think that that's going to happen. And and based on that footage and what we saw, I, I feel like that's, that's light. That's light because we all know if it was you or me, we wouldn't be talking right now. We'll be spending two to five years in, in, in a local penitentiary in Nevada. So that's, that's the fortunate thing for him. It's unfortunate for the guy that they stomped out, but you know, if he can get away from this with, no jail time and just community service and some probation, you can live with that because, you know, Alvin, you know what I mean? You got a, you got a girl, y'all about to have a baby, you know, you don't want to be spending time in jail and, you know, your baby being born, your first child, like you don't want that. Right. So hopefully everything works out for him. And I hope this is a learned lesson, man, because Alvin Kamara, you know what I mean? He better than this, man. He better than this. Uh, would you uh, pick Richards Richardson at 29? If NFL doesn't believe in him, uh, McKee or Hooker, an option at 29 through 40. Look, I, I don't have any problem with Anthony Richardson at all. Um, I, I find it funny that they're, they're trying to minimize him. Uh, but you look at, uh, you know, other guys out here like Will Levis, who they trying to elevate and trying to make him like he the next Ryan Tannehill or something like that. That He got Tannehill written all over him, right? There's always some guy that comes out of absolutely nowhere, throws the ball good, and then all of a sudden, like, he's out there. I haven't seen anything from Will Levis that makes me feel like this dude is a franchise quarterback. Every every time he plays like slow, there's always a, a scout that's talking and giving him an excuse. But some of these other guys that if they play bad, 
they, they're talking about these guys need to be fifth, sixth round picks. Look, Anthony Richardson, to me, when it comes to upside, is better than Will Levis. When it comes to playing a quarterback position, in my opinion, at the end of the day, Hendon Hooker, in the right situation, will be a better quarterback than Will Levis. Will Levis, to me, is a guy that everybody just kind of falls in love with. He reminds me of Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson looked the part. He was about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, had a big arm, right? But just didn't have the tools to be what everybody wanted him to be. I just think that Will Levis is not one of those guys that everybody needs to be, you know, ogling over. I just don't – I'm just not buying it. Every time I've seen Will Levis play, he's always been kind of mediocre, average at best. It's amazing to me how people always seem to be talking about, well, he doesn't have the talent. He didn't have the talent around him. And he played all the games last year. He was hurt. But let somebody else play hurt, right? I'm supposed to believe that Will Levis is the truth because he played and he was hurt. And I'm supposed to take that, right? But when you look at people like Jameis Winston, who was hurt, people tell me, oh, man, it's not fixable, right? So, I mean, give me a freaking break. And then also, if you want to get younger, it's the same thing with Hendon Hooker. Oh, look at him. You know, he has a torn ACL. Like, we living in 1967. I'm just not sold on Will Levis. Will Levis is going to have to prove something to me. Will Levis, to me, is about as average as average can get. But there's always that one quarterback that nobody really saw or talked about that much. And then all of a sudden, Ty Mache or Mel Kuyper, I don't, I don't know if they just do this to try to prove they're brilliant or they really believe that these guys are going to come in and, and light up the league. I mean, Ryan Tannehill was one guy. Everybody thought he was going to light up the league. Didn't happen. Carson Wentz was another guy, you know, that they thought was going to light up the league. He did for a while, but he eventually fell uh, flat on his face. There's always, every single year, a guy that everybody is well-touted, everybody talking about, well-sought out, and then all of a sudden, like, the dude just plays like slow. Or he's one-dimensional. Oh, you got to have, you got to run a play action in order to make him work. It's rather you can make all the throws, it's rather you can learn to become a pro, or you can't. I don't understand why they'd be trying to get these average guys to be superstars. Will Levis is going to have to prove something to me. Just not a fan. And I just feel like they make way too many excuses for this dude. Way too many. Uh, there was uh, five rookie running backs in 2022 that had more rushing yards than AK. Well, I'm going to say this, man. It wasn't all AK's fault. I will say this. We know that the offensive line was in shambles. It was always plug and play. You had some guys that were on the offensive line that, that gave it the old college try and tried to go out there and play, but they were limited, man. And then on top of that, P. Carmichael. P. Carmichael was not doing what was in the best interest of Alvin Kamara. You know it. I know it. So for us to be sitting up here talking about what happened to AK when it's right there in our face, like literally slapping us across the face, I just feel like it's wrong for us to even just think anything else. Right? The dude is a remarkable player. You don't just fall off the face of the earth. Like one year, you're out there playing all world. You know, and then all of a sudden, like that coach that put you in that position is gone. And now all of a sudden you're not playing. I mean, come on, man. We we all can put two and two together. Does he need to be a little bit more productive? Absolutely. Uh, but I think that you have to be able to call plays that put him in a position to succeed. It was too many times where it just seemed like Alvin Kamara was, you know, getting taken down in the backfield because the offensive line was getting pushed over. Can't blame him for that. 
Uh, I was referring to Matt Breida. Yeah, I mean, look, I like uh, Matt Breida. I like him a lot, man. I think he's a good running back. But um, he's he wouldn't be like my top three. You know, I think that based on like the money he'll probably be asking for, I think that that kind of falls into your range. But I don't think that he can give you anything close to Alvin Kamara production. I just feel like you're going to have to accompany him with someone else. Uh, HBCU Legacy Bowl this weekend at Uriman Stadium and NOLA. Any players in mind? Well, you know, I mean, Dijon Warren is a guy that I'm looking at, cornerback uh, out of Jackson State. I mean, the dude to me was a really good cornerback. Didn't play that much last year. I guess because of the 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 room, you had so many talented cornerbacks and he couldn't find himself on a, his way on the field. But before a lot of these guys that came to Jackson State were eligible to play, uh, they call him Nugget. Uh, Nugget Warren, uh, he was a guy, he was returning kicks. He was catching interceptions. He had playmaking ability. And also I, I noticed that he was drafted by the USFL, which I think is a really, really good thing. Look, this is why I want minor, I, I won't call it minor leagues, but other leagues to succeed. I, I don't want people to just turn their nose up at leagues like the XFL, turn their nose up at leagues like the USFL. That's the reason why I watch it. I watch it because I want these leagues to succeed because you have guys out here that are going to slide through the cracks. There are going to be guys where not a bunch of scouts are going to come watch them play and they're going to fall through the cracks. And for them to be able to have another outlet they don't have to go up to canada to play football they can play football in the united states i think that that is a great thing and i just hope that people just get behind it and it's not going to look like the nfl the quarterbacks are not going to be elite like the quarterbacks that you see in the nfl it's just not going to happen but just because these guys aren't mahomes or just because these guys aren't aaron Rodgers, doesn't mean that these guys can't play football and it doesn't mean that these guys got to de- get their dreams destroyed because they're not on the NFL level, in some cases, yet. So I hope that they actually make these leagues thrive, and I just hope that people just don't just turn their nose up at the XFL or turn their nose up at the USFL, because that means that that would be a lane for other people to be able to continue their life and be able to make money and do what they love to do. So uh, when it comes to HBCUs, I'm happy that a lot of these guys end up being drafted by the USFL, being drafted and getting opportunities to play, you know, in the XFL. Guys like, you know, for example, like Abram Smith, right? Abram Smith, we know uh, he came out of Baylor. A lot of people had high expectations as Saints fans, uh, you know, had a little bit of issue, fumbled the football on the on on goal line, uh, but he still has the opportunity to play. I think he's playing in the XFL. I think he played for the team out there in New York. So I want to see the XFL succeed. I want to see the USFL succeed. And no, I'm not looking at it like I look at the NFL because they're not the NFL. That's the whole point. But just because they're not the NFL doesn't mean that they can't play. We need a lot more days with sunny weather, Jerry, for all of us, because it would definitely help for anyone getting depressed. Well, look, I know that the weather can sometimes dictate our moods, but we shouldn't let it, right? I mean, you can always look at the positive aspects of life. Like yesterday, you know, I didn't feel my best. You know, at the same time, you know, I understand that there's better days ahead, right? Sometimes, like, you have to lean on yourself sometimes and not look at other things to be able to motivate you. Sometimes you got to motivate yourself. 
You know, you know, it's about encouraging yourself. It's about showing love for yourself. It's about picking yourself up and understand that trouble is not going to last always. Right. You know, so always have a little bit of something inside of yourself to motivate yourself when you have days like this. And, you know, when it does rain, you can always feel motivated. Right. You know, instead of you looking at all this raining, you can just think, man, it's raining. So some, you know, some trees are growing, some plants are growing. Right. So look at the bright side of life, my friend. Hope you feel better. Malik Cunningham in the fourth round. Uh, take a flyer, man. Look, I, I think that Malik Cunningham probably going to get opportunity to play in the USFL. So would be a great opportunity. I think that he will definitely get more reps by going to the USFL. But once again, if you grow as a as a you know as a player you can always go to the national uh football league i want to say what was that turban I, I i may be messing his name up but he was the big time kick returner uh in the usfl and he found his way on the dallas cowboy team right so he went from the usfl got signed by the cowboys and was a major player and i'm pretty sure like they're going to find more ways to make him work you know coming into the next year so you know, sometimes, you know, guys slide through the cracks once again. But if you have the USFL, if you have the XFL, then, you know, there's a place for them. But what happens if these leagues close down? Because you're like, man, I ain't watching this. This ain't the NFL. Then, you know, you don't have guys that, that have dreams to play football. They have to lose their dream. And I'm just not a, I'm just not a fan of that. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of that. Uh, I know it was mostly uh, Carmichael, but something was off with Kamara this year. Also, in my opinion, he looked disinterested. Well, it's easy for a team, a player to look disinterested when you know that nine times out of ten, they got you carrying a ball up the middle like you Earl Campbell, and we all know that that offensive line was getting pushed back. I mean, you constantly get running into a brick wall over and over and over again, and you have a, a, a coach that's not making the adjustments you you have the offensive line. They are who they are. It's kind of hard to stay motivated and stay positive and, and keep the energy at an all-time high, you know, if if you're dealing with that type of situation. I can't blame them. I mean, we we at home watching the offensive line just absolutely, absolutely just get slapped around, punked out, and then all of a sudden, like, we, we respect this guy, you know, to be Reggie Bush at USC. Like, we know that. I mean, kind of, like I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because the, the offensive line did not do him any favors this season. And, you know, the only thing I can really see if, you know, Alvin Kamara just out there like he Barry Sanders back in 95 or something. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just that's not his game. Like, he makes smart decisions with the football for the, for the most part, right? Being able to, to find little crevices and little holes to get through and also that award-winning balance that he possesses. But, man, there's only so much you can do when your offensive line not not pushing nobody back, you know. There was some gutsy uh, who got scouted from the USFL to the NFL last year. Exactly. That, that there's opportunity. But it's hard for you to be able to carve out a lane for yourself if you're not developing because there is no outlet for you to develop. And then also – gives you opportunity to be seen so what happens if you don't have an outlet to be seen people aren't watching a canadian football league like that and then on top of that the first thing people would say if they look at the canadian football league is how would he be able to adjust to the rules now cameron wake who had a really decent 
uh, Canadian football career. And I'm, I'm being sarcastic when I said this, but he was able to trans, you know, he was his, his skill set was able to translate to the NFL and he was able to adjust to the rules. There's a lot of rules in Canadian football that are not the same as the NFL. So that's a question mark for a lot of scouts when they look at some of these Canadian football players. But when you have the USFL with the same rules, XFL for the, with the same rules for the most part, you're able to get a, a, a pretty good view of a player and how that player may be able to fit on your football team. So I'm, I'm good with that, you know. And I, once again, I just hope that these leagues last. Now, I'm not looking for... I'm not looking for Barry Sanders. I'm not looking for Jerry Rice. I'm looking for guys to be able to enjoy themselves, continue their career, and at the same time, get opportunity to be able to move up and make more money to be able to take care of their families. And in the meantime, they still can take care of their families because there's another league where they can make some paper. Uh, that's why uh, we have rules if they don't follow them. Uh, let's see, the XFL and USFL in a sense, is similar to the D-Leagues and the NBA as far as developing players. It can be if people embrace it that way. People aren't embracing it that way, in my opinion. Like, when I hear people talk about the XFL, when I hear people talk about the USFL, they're like, oh, man, you seen that, man, this dude throwing interceptions, this, that, and the third. But if you look at it from a NFL lens, of course you're going to become disinterested, right? It, it, it's, it's just human nature. But if you... Look at it for what it is. It's not the NFL. Lower your expectations just a tad bit, you know, and, and just enjoy football. Like, I watched quite a few of those XFL games uh, this past weekend. And I got to say, man, you know, it was exciting. There were some plays. It was some, some miscues, of course. But at the end of the day, like, the games were competitive. They were relatively close. If you're just a casual watcher trying to wonder, like, are you going to be into this thing? I think they kind of reeled you in, and, and I, I liked it. But if I was just looking at it from NFL eyes, of course I would have probably turned it off and did something else. You know, everything is not the NFL, you know, but I just think that those guys deserve to go out there and show their talents to the world, man. Uh, it, would be, it would be unfortunate for them to have to give up their football dreams because they can't make it in the NFL. Let's see, teams should always draft a quarterback every other year or two years in the middle rounds just to develop talent. I, I have to tend to disagree with that. It depends on the circumstance. I, I feel like there's some there's there's some validity behind what you're saying. I'm not going to lie about that. If, if you're a team that's struggling, right, and, and let's just say, for example, your team is struggling, or you got an older quarterback that's a little bit long in the tooth, right, um, I think that it, it's probably about that time. If you have a young quarterback that's 25, 26 years old, and there's something that you can actually build there, there's no need for you to keep drafting quarterbacks, right? I think that that kind of mind frame or mindset will be for uh, for teams that probably aren't really satisfied with the play of their quarterback or their quarterback is getting a little bit up there in age. The New Orleans Saints made a mistake because they didn't try to find a true successor for Drew Brees. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that they didn't want to develop a guy. Maybe they're not fans of young quarterbacks coming out of college. Maybe they don't have the patience. It just seems like to me, even though that's never been said, it seems to me like the New Orleans Saints just didn't have an interest in drafting a quarterback. They always seem to want to go get a veteran guy that I feel they did it because the game kind of slows down for veterans. But 
if you get the right quarterback, right young guy, and he wants to learn and he wants to develop and you start to see progress, then I just think that, you know, it, it's a good thing. I don't feel like it was a good thing that the New Orleans Saints chose to use every bit of Drew Brees' talent that they can get out of that man's body, and they didn't have a secession plan, right? Even though I, I sometimes feel like they thought their secession plan was going to be Teddy Bridgewater. No disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater did what needed to be done, right? He's a guy, he's a businessman, he's a football player, right? He got into the, the game, he won five games, he boosted his stock, and he went to the team that gave him the best, the, more, the most money and a better opportunity. But it's up to the New Orleans Saints to draft the guy and develop the guy. But I just it just seemed like to me like Sean Payton was just not a fan of young quarterbacks. He'd rather go with those veteran guys. If you look at uh, the history throughout the time when he was there, you know, uh, you know, Mark Brudel, um, Chase Daniel, I guess, you know, he was a little, he was one of the younger guys. Uh, Luke McCown was another, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, so many different guys who, you know, served as backups. The rest of those guys like JT Gray and Garrett Grayson, you know, I just don't feel like the Saints really took those guys serious, especially like when you look at when Garrett Grayson first came in, it just seemed like to me like, Drew Brees was still in his prime. You weren't going to take Drew Brees' job, right? And, and we all know that he was going to be a project. But it just seemed like to me, like, they just didn't have the patience for that guy. Uh, no, sir or ma'am. Uh, let's see. I don't fool with the type of stuff you good. I don't know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to stroll down a little bit. Uh, also, and I want to take this moment to thank the fine folks at Manscaped.com. Uh, Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, Use the promo code SOTS and you'll save 20% off of your purchase. Uh, and also, we're running a contest right now. Once again, if you purchase any item from Manscaped, no matter the price, uh, we will uh, send you a gift courtesy of that. All you have to do is basically just send me the receipt and uh, and also your address with that, and I'll make sure I send that out to you. But once again, thank you to the fine folks at Manscaped uh, for uh, being a, a sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And also, shouts out to everybody that has donated to the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate that as well. Thank you all so much for, uh, you know, uh, doing your thing. Uh, let me, I got to uh, step away for a moment, uh, but I'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit more and I'll, I'll read a few more of your comments. So keep it like right here the State of the Saints podcast. All right, thank y'all so much uh, for being patient. I appreciate that, man. We had a delivery guy that came to the door at the radio station. I'm going to read a few more of your comments, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, get up on out of here. Let's see. Uh, they wanted, uh, they waited until it was too late to find a successor to Drew Brees. And now, at this point, they're headed into next season, going up a creek without a paddle again. Yeah, that's a good point. And 
you know, to me, they kind of they kind of brought this on themselves for look, Drew Brees wanted to retire back in 2016. He he started to like kind of flirt with the whole thought of retiring back in 2016. Now he ended up playing like four or five more seasons after that. But at the same time, the fact that he was able to come to you and said that. I feel like you should have been doing your due diligence to try to find somebody, a young quarterback, a guy that can sit behind Drew Brees, you know, for a couple of years and develop. And by the time it's time for him to retire, then, you know, it would be that quarterback's opportunity. It could have been a next man up mentality. If the Saints would have been smart, they would have got Jalen Hurts. You know, there were there were articles that were talking about Jalen Hurts and Asking a question, why isn't anybody talking about Jalen Hurts? Why isn't anybody looking at Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts could have been the guy for the New Orleans Saints. But once again, I feel like it had a lot to do with the fact that they did not believe in their ability to uh, develop. Because every time I see Sean Payton talking on Colin Cowherd's show, he always talks about, oh, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he took a, a step forward. Oh, man, he shocked everybody. Well, that could have been... That could have been you, you know, developing this guy. That could have been you, uh, you know, being the recipient of this guy's success and his in his, his emergence as a top quarterback. But instead, you just looked at him and said, oh, man, all he wants to do is run all around the place. So at the end of the day, you got the Philadelphia Eagles who are able to build around a guy who is a second-round pick. And they can try to go for it all for a couple of years before you actually have to pay the guy. So I just feel like, to I, to me, I feel like sometimes the Saints' arrogance, their stubbornness has gotten us to this point. You cannot be so stubborn to a point where you just don't realize the needs because you just feel like, oh, we got it. Oh, we straight. You know, like, no. Okay, you, the best teams are the teams that look at things from all angles. And I never understood that because if you look at Sean Payton as a head coach, this guy pretty much is a, is an individual that strikes me as someone that never leaves any stone left unturned. But it just seemed like to me, every, he leaves no stone left unturned except the quarterback position, which is weird. Like you, you, you go on and on about cleat spikes and you go on and on about weather and wind and, and all this kind of stuff and towels that's sitting up in the, you know, in the seats at the Superdome. But he, the quarterback position is like, I don't know about that. That's just kind of weird to me. Uh, Jeff and Steve at 2 p.m. on WWL Radio YouTube channel. Hope to see y'all there after TJ wraps up. Yeah, I'm about to definitely about to wrap up in the, in the next few minutes. So definitely go over there to my guys, Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller, doing a really good job over there inside Black and Gold. Y'all make sure y'all check it out. Make sure y'all subscribe to the channel. Uh, yep, it could have been us, but it wasn't. Uh, there, uh, they were trying to get Patrick Mahomes. Look, that ship was sailed. Uh, they, that ship sailed. Like once the Kansas City Chiefs jumped in front of you, which both teams won at the end of the day, they got Patrick Mahomes. The Saints got Marshawn Lattimore. I don't think any team is upset or any fan is upset at the decisions. Now you can probably just like, man, what if you know we had Patrick Mahomes? Fine. But Marshawn Lattimore doesn't make you feel bad about the Saints drafting Marshawn Lattimore, right? Don't make you feel bad. Dude, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, to me, at this stage of his career, 
he is the best cornerback the Saints have ever had. Now, some people will probably get upset with that. Some people will probably raise an eyebrow. But to me, I, I've never seen a New Orleans Saints player consistently lock up some of the top wide receivers in football. Now, there's going to be a few games where, you know, you get the best of them. The Justin Jefferson situation, there was a Mike Williams. But for the most part, you can count on Marshawn Lattimore to lock down half the field. And also, for all those people that's probably, man, you tripping, you tripping. Somebody tell me that you didn't see the difference when that dude was not playing for about, what, eight, nine weeks? You're telling me that you didn't see, you didn't think the Saints miss him. That, that, is, that is the key to a guy's greatness to me. When he's gone, you can tell that he's missing. But once again, that was back in 2017. You had 18, you had 19, you had 20, you had 21, you had 22, and you still did not draft a quarterback. You still didn't draft one, right? So if you're – I never understood this, though. I never understood this. I, I never understood this, and maybe you did. I never understood if Dennis Allen was never high on Jameis Winston, why didn't the New Orleans Saints try their best? Why didn't they draft a quarterback? Why didn't they try to get Kenny Pickett? Why didn't they try to get Malik Willis? Why didn't they try to get a quarterback? I just never understood that. You were never high on uh, on Jameis Winston at all, right? And we knew that, like, we know now. We didn't know then, but we know now. The first line of trouble that you see Jameis Winston, no matter if he's hurt, if he goes the other way, he was on a short leash. So if you knew this, why didn't you do your due diligence? Instead of you trying to aggressively try to draft, I mean, you know, get those picks from the Philadelphia Eagles, why didn't you try even more to try to maybe get yourself into the top 10? I mean, top, you know what I'm saying, top five, top seven or something like that and get somebody. I just never understood that. Maybe maybe y'all did. I, I, I just don't. But at the end of the day, that was back in 2017 with Mahomes. And you had opportunities to get some guys who really made names for themselves in the league. Right? You can talk about Dak Prescott all you want to, but – the dude finds himself, he finds his way to the playoffs. Talk about Jalen Hurts being a second-round pick. This dude was in the Super Bowl, played better, in my opinion, than Patrick Mahomes did. So you have all these different guys out here that could have you could have drafted, but you chose not to do it. Why? All right? So that's your fault. And if the quarterback situation don't pan out this season, still your fault because you had opportunities to change this. Dennis Allen may have not been a head coach, but Mickey, you, you dang show were on the staff and you had opportunity to draft the guy. Or you and Sean Payton had opportunity to talk, but instead y'all tried to find every veteran quarterback that y'all can find that y'all thought would resemble a Drew Brees type offense. And look where we are right now. Plus Payton knew he was going to leave, so he didn't care. Well, that sucks. Someone please delete that comment. I don't know exactly what we're talking about here. Who that, Jerry? Uh, well, what what it do? Family? Uh, no, uh, we knew then because he wanted Watson. Well, look, still, still, my dog, think about this, man. Your job is on the line. It's about job security in the National Football League. You can't put – I know everybody heard this saying. Maybe some of you didn't. They, they have that old saying, don't put all your eggs – in one basket don't just try to put everything that you possibly have 
into this particular situation because there's a strong possibility that it may not happen for you. And that was their fault for you to be out here whining and dining and cheesing Deshaun Watson, but at the same time, not thinking, well, what if this doesn't work out? What if this don't work out? Then what are we going to do then, right? They did not want Jameis Winston. They, they were not fans of Jameis Winston. So to me, if you knew that, it, to me, you should have went out there and got your own guy. Should have had a backup plan, right? You, you, if Deshaun Watson didn't work, it should have been the next. Okay, we're going to try to make a bid for Watson. If it don't work, then who's next? That's what it should have been like. But it wasn't. They 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 spent countless man hours trying to woo this man to New Orleans, and it didn't pan out. And then you found yourself having to go back to a guy that you didn't really trust. And, 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 and basically signing a guy who you kind of trusted, but you hope that it didn't come to that. When I'm talking to Andy Dalton here, then you had another guy in Taysom Hill who you just basically just said, you're not a quarterback at all. You're going to be a tight end, which made them look even ridiculous because let's just be quite honest about this, who that nation. Taysom Hill played as much tight end this past season than he's done every other season. So, you made a mistake with that. They they wouldn't admit it, but if you follow football, you can see that the whole Taysom Hill tight end experience didn't work the way they wanted it to. Maybe it was because they didn't really put too much emphasis on that. I don't know. But I'm not feeling sorry for a team that basically stumble all over themselves because that's what happened. They stumble all over themselves. And they had to resort back to a guy that they didn't even want. And I, I feel like, rather you like Jameis Winston or not, you got to feel bad for the dude because he had an opportunity and he would have played. Like, no mistake about it. He would have played in Indianapolis as bad as that quarterback room was. And who knows? He probably would have played decent enough in order for Frank Wright to not even be in Carolina. So I'm just saying, man, like they basically, I want, yeah, they alienated this dude, right? You know, and, and they, you know, circle back to him and he wanted to be here. He wanted to be a member of the New Orleans Saints because Jameis grew up loving the Saints, right? He grew up watching Drew Brees. He grew up in Alabama, Bessemer, Alabama. My wife grew up, you know, not too far from there. My wife is from Montgomery. She grew up in Tuskegee. So, you know, we pass there every single time. Little small town. I mean, you blink, you miss it. And he grew up watching the New Orleans Saints. And he wanted to be the Saints franchise quarterback. Didn't want to be in Indianapolis like that. Would have, you know, looked at the opportunity. But he wanted to be the successor to Drew Brees. And they knew that. And they used that. But in my opinion, if you didn't want the guy, you should have let him go. And you definitely should have done your due diligence in case the Deshaun Watson situation didn't work, which it didn't. I mean, if you look at what happened and what transpired and you really like just kind of like look at it, you know, from, you know, from microscope, looking at it through a microscope lens, you'll see like this team has that this team fumbled all over themselves last season. The things that they told us, they reneged on so many times. And, you know, it, it was opportunities and spots where if you look at it, it just seemed like somebody didn't know what the heck they was doing. 
It's like people were just out here just running around aimless and free. Like, just, I mean, come on. Like, do, do your research. Do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Just take a look at it. Tell me, like, run through these situations in your head and think of the optics. And you tell me if you don't see a team that fumble all over themselves. Uh, Sean Payton uh, didn't do us any favors during his uh, last season here. He had that. It's not going to be my problem to deal with. Well, if that's the case, you know, then I'm glad that he's gone. I don't know, man. I think that Sean Payton, he strikes me as a competitive guy, but I definitely felt like he wanted to leave. He didn't want to be with the New Orleans Saints. Saints tried uh, to get wide receiver and quarterback. The problem was injuries. Yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to the quarterback, I mean, the wide receiver position, yeah, we're all on that. But when it comes to the quarterback situation, no cap, no filter, nah. Like, it was it was Deshaun Watson a bus. It, it was Deshaun Watson a bus. They knew, like, I don't want to say they knew. They put everything they possibly could into trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. We saw it. The way that they moved all that money in order to make room for him for this big time contract and all these things there. They told Teron Armstead, stay tuned. Don't sign with nobody just yet. I mean, come on, man. I'm not telling y'all nothing y'all don't already know. And they played the waiting game, right? They 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 put their knee pads on and they got on their knees and they were begging this man. They, they, they put on their best, like, James Brown impression. Please, please, please. Begging his man. But I don't feel like they had a backup plan. I don't. Their backup plan was a guy. It, it not. Nah, their backup plan ended up being a guy that they didn't even want, which was Jameis Winston. Priest passed the Deacon TJ. Karma is undefeated. Uh, thank you very much for the $2, man. I appreciate that, Prime. Uh, says facts. I mean, just, I mean, I'm just, don't, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go and, and, and do your own research. And you tell me some of the decisions didn't seem like a team that was desperate or a team that was falling flat on their face right before in our eyes, but they were trying to there, – there's this picture. There's this picture that's going around, and I, I, it's, it's great symbolism. It's a guy who's standing in a mirror with a suit, right? The front of his suit, he looks like well, you know, like well-dressed. but the back of the suit is like all severed and, and, and ripped up and stuff like that. But if you look at the reflection in the mirror, the front of the suit looks great. I think that that analogy and that example kind of sums up the Saints. Like they were trying to make us feel like, oh, we got everything under control, but I don't know, man. A lot of, a lot of turmoil that I don't think that we – really paid that much attention to that they tried to dress up and tried to, you know, put a little mascara on and a little makeup, you know what I'm saying, a little foundation, tried to dress it up real nice for us. But I don't know. Look, Looks weird, seems weird. And also, CJ, I have to uh, say this as much as uh, out of respect, I wonder what it could be like if you were the owner of a football team, all that pressure on you, uh, and see, one screw up. I mean – I don't feel bad about that, you know, but here's the thing, right? Uh, Ramsey, you chose to do that job, right? That that comes with the territory. 
you know, as a member of the Saints front office, the Chiefs front office, the Eagles front office, the Bengals front office, your job is to make sure that you assemble a team, the right team to win a lot of games to get to the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. If you don't, if you don't, then you're going to get fired. It is nothing, it's nothing new. I mean, GMs have been getting fired for like for, what, for decades, right? Because of ineptitude. I don't feel bad for I don't feel bad for Mickey Loomis. I don't feel bad for Howie Roseman. I don't feel bad for any of these guys because they know what comes with the territory. They know if you don't do your job effectively, you're going to get fired. Just that simple. Now, could I think about what if, what if I, TJ Jones, was the GM of the New Orleans Saints? Man, the type of pressure it would be on me. I definitely agree with that. That's the reason why I don't want to be a GM. But Mickey Loomis decided that he wanted to be a GM. So with that, your job is to make sure that you assemble a team that is a winnable, is a winnable team. With coaches and players. If you can't do that, then guess what? People like myself and so many other people that talk about this team, that cover this team, we're going to talk about you. You don't get a pass for that, right? You know, it's not like, you know, you coming home from a hard day's work and your girl is like, man, baby, you had a long day. You know, like, yeah, okay. That feels good. But at the same time, that's your job to make sure that you put the right staff in place, the right players on the field. If you don't do that, bye. That's it. I don't feel bad for that. I don't. That's that's the job that they signed up for. Now, if you just yeah, like didn't want the job and they like push you into it or something like that, making you do it against your will, then maybe I feel bad, but making Loomis, like, come on. We, we know. TJ, I was actually surprised uh, they went after Watson the way they did. Do you think they will do the same with Lamar? I think anything is possible, but I do feel like if they go after Lamar, they're going to have a backup plan. If they don't, I'm telling y'all this with that nation, if they don't, if we are seeing the same thing happen over and over again, heads need to roll because that is insane. We know what insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Last year, you put all your eggs in one basket on a Watson sweet state, and it didn't pan out, and you didn't have a backup plan. Thus, you had to go back to Jameis Winston, a guy, once again, and I'm going to continue to beat this home, a guy that they didn't really want, okay? So you can go after Lamar if you want to. You can try to be aggressive. You can try to do all the things that needs to be done in order to acquire him, but You better understand that there's a strong possibility that some other team is probably going to be able to get him over you or you're going to have to be prepared and understand that he might go back to Baltimore. Simple. But don't put all your eggs in one basket. Show him that you're fully committed to him if he were to be your quarterback. But at the same time, have a a backup plan. Yeah, you got to have a backup plan. If you don't have a backup plan, then you're going to find yourself dealing with the same situations. We're going to be ticked off as a fan base. We're going to be questioning the quarterback play, and we're going to be searching for answers from guys like under Nick Underhill and Mike Triplett. 
or you know jeff duncan or some of these other guys what's going on what's happening what they doing why they doing this why why can't they stop you know like come on man like find ways to be different you you went out here you're starting to get your own staff i'm talking dennis allen right now but at the same time some of the things that got you beat some of the things that got you behind the eight ball when it comes to uh the offseason situations be ahead of the curve this time be ahead of the curve you know like i won't say it's not that hard but come on man you got to be smart about it how many times are you going to trip on that banana peel that's on the floor how many times you you know you're going to trip over it you know i always you know do this all the time you know paxton he lays a toy out on the floor and i'm, I'm walking at night in the middle of the night i'm tripping over it right you know, then I come back, like, I trip over it again. I'm like, Paxton. Then I turn around and come back, and I trip over it again. No, that's on me. You know, pick it up. Get it out the way. So learn from the mistakes that you make. Or you're going to continue to find yourself tripping, and the fans definitely going to feel like you tripping. And we're going to still be in this same situation over and over again, man. And I, I don't want that. Like, I'm, okay, it was terrible last year. Like, it was terrible. Like it was, it wasn't a very great experience as a Saints fan watching this team last year. But look, but I, I want to see, like, I want to see some remnants of a difference. If, if I'm looking at the same thing, like, come on, man. There's some reruns I like I love watching. Good times come on. Let me sit down. Sanford and Son. Yeah. But there's there's every now and then, you know, if it's if it's a show that only had one season. I mean, those reruns are going to get a little bit old. You know, it starts to get old when you can memorize, you know, the the shows, like whole script by heart. And right now, I'm I'm starting to know the script. And it's a one season show. You know, I haven't. It, it hasn't been one of those shows where you know we have grown to love it. It's just a show that that's on right now, and it always seems to come on. You only have one season. Not a fan. What's good, TJ? What's going on, real fan? Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we just went uh, Rams and Bucks route, but didn't work out mainly from misfortune of injuries. You draft a quarterback, but got to be your guy. Hurst example is hindsight. Uh, you said uh, he would be benched beginning of the season. I definitely said that at the beginning of the season. I, I definitely said that, and I've constantly said I, I was wrong about that. Constantly. I, I feel... I don't feel bad about that or eating crow when it comes to Jalen Hurts at all, okay? Number one, that just shows that I don't know everything. I don't pretend that I know everything. But at the same time, look, when it comes to, like, um, going all in, you definitely right about that. The Saints did the same thing, didn't work out for them. Bucks did it, worked out for them. Rams did it, worked out for them. If we want to be technical – the Saints doing it, it should have worked out for him. If you watched the beginning of the show, I had a clip of Tommy Lee Lewis getting hit by Nikhil Roby Coleman. You already know where I'm going with this. So it should have worked out with the New Orleans Saints at the end of the day. Yes, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is a little bit of an outlier, but at the end of the day, you know, if you got the right guy, I, I think I don't know if we're still talking about this, but I'm pretty sure this kind of coincides with what we were talking about earlier when you were talking about drafting quarterbacks if you find the right guy and the eagles clearly have found the right guy there's no need for you to keep on trying to draft quarterbacks i mean jalen hurts what he's 24 25 years old 
Like, why would you want to try to replace a guy who is 25 years old and has taken leaps, not just steps, but leaps in his development as a quarterback? You found your guy. So it's just the right time to build around him. No cap, no filter. If you had a questionable quarterback with questionable quarterback play, then I'm all for trying to find somebody. If you're not satisfied fully and you don't feel like this guy is going to develop the way that you want him to, then by all means, get yourself a quarterback in the draft. But if you found that guy, you feel like you can build around that guy, take those draft picks that you were going to try to get a quarterback with and maybe get somebody that could be a diamond in a rough in some of those later rounds, right? One of those later, because you're not going to keep on drafting a quarterback in the first round, right? So I assume that you're talking about fourth or fifth round. But if you're talking about fourth or fifth round, look at guys like C.J. Garner-Johnson, right? He became a, a he became a really good player for the New Orleans Saints to contribute to what the Saints were trying to do. If you found the guy, but if you're not satisfied with him, by all means, go and find your quarterback. But if you found the guy, which it seems like the Eagles have, then go, you know, go for it. But definitely, you know, like when it comes to Jalen Hurts, like, yeah, definitely didn't, definitely didn't buy Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. And you know, I, I could have fell into that same category. But but I don't make the big bucks. <laughs> evaluating quarterbacks I, I don't do that if i did then we would really have some problems <laughs> let's see uh be terrible uh let's see be terrible it's a rebuild for the saints we all have to consider how long do we have the mario davis how long do we have cam jordan how long do we have a lot of the veterans on our team ramsey probably not look i said this yesterday on the last episode Cameron Jordan have more games behind him than in front of him. So does Demario Davis. But that's one of the reasons why teams have to make sure that they're doing the right thing. We're learning through the situation with Drew Brees. You do not just try to exhaust every little bit of talent from these veteran guys. There's this old saying, get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late. If you're going to keep a guy, you definitely want to keep you want to keep him because he's productive, but you want to see younger players emerge in order to make things a little bit less stressful. Because think about this. If Peyton Turner could work out, if if Marcus Davenport worked out, how much pressure at this particular point will we be putting on Cam Jordan? We need Cam Jordan to be all pro, super elite Cam Jordan at 32 years old because the younger guys that the Saints drafted are not picking up that slack. They're not doing what we want them to do. So we have to look at Cam Jordan. We got to make sure that Cam is super Cam every single game because we can't count on Marcus Davenport. Sorry, brother, but he's hurt more times than not. So is Peyton Turner. But if these guys were out here balling, if Peyton Turner can get double-digit sacks, if he was getting double-digit sacks, if he was creating chaos, and so is Marcus Davenport, will we have? Will we be looking for Cam Jordan to ball out? No, we would not. Don't believe me? Take a look at how Pete Warner was playing, how he just stepped out of the shadows and just started balling out 
Were people talking about Demario Davis needs to step up during that time? No, because everybody was in awe at the, the steps that Pete Warner took at being a really doggone good linebacker. And that's the way it's supposed to be. The the look, the the veteran players matter, but we should not be looking at those guys like how we did, like they full five years into their career. These guys should be celebrated and be taking a little bit of a victory lap. Like, man, you know, that, that's our goat right there. You know, and the young bulls need to be out here hunting. And Cam can get his six or seven sacks, you know, and that'll be great, a great contribution. But of course, we know Cam Jordan isn't wired like that. But I'm just saying, man, like the fact that we have to keep on leaning on Cam Jordan and keep on leaning on Demario Davis is because the guys that are supposed to be their replacements aren't on the field. Need a Chris Ivory type of running back and Camaro real pocket passing quarterback. Keep Hill in the mix. I don't care about CJ Garner Johnson because we have Taylor, Adebo, and Lattimore. I know for a fact Smoke will play big just like Taylor did. Well, I, look, the the tale of Smoke Monday has yet to be told. Okay, I know people like the name. I know people like the video. Discipline. I'm pretty sure you're very high on the guy. I'm pretty sure you did your due diligence on him. I just need to see it, okay? I, I just need to see more than the fact that your name just so happens to be Smoke. You know, like, I need to see more. I, I, what can you do on the field, right? I, I can't just I just can't just fall in love with a guy off potential and namesake. I, I just can't do it. But I, I hope that he, he pans out. I hope uh, that he ends up being everything that you want him to be. But I... I I, I can't make any type of determination on him right now because he hasn't played. Uh, people say AK not the uh, same body language, but body language would be different under DA and PC lead. Uh, uh, Ad had uh, no arm uh, D stack box and stop AK. Let's see, wide receiver one and two, and O line injured. Only so much AK can do and no adjustment. Once again, <clears throat> it's human nature. It's human nature. And. Um, it's easy for us to say these things from the outside looking in, but if you apply some of the things in your life to this, I guarantee you, you will understand. We look at these guys as superhuman guys, and we don't look at them as being humans. But if you humanize these people, then you will know that, you know, like they deal with the same situation. No, no different between. Let's just say, for example, you're good at basketball, right? You go to the park, you're playing, you're balling out, right? You're shooting threes, you're shooting twos, you're catching rebounds, you're doing putbacks, you're blocking shots, you're all over the place. Meanwhile, the three or four other guys that you're playing with, you pass the ball to them, the ball go over the rim into the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you know, it, you throw them the ball, it hit them in the face. you like, man, God, dog, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to go out here, I'm trying to win. And look what these boys doing right here, man. They they up here on some calamity stuff, right? You know, like we we the circus right now, right? You know, we got some clown shoes and a big red nose. That will frustrate anybody. If you're putting your best foot forward, you know you have the steel the skills and ability to be a success to get you where you need to be. Meanwhile, the other people that's not that's supposed to be helping you. I mean, if they're not doing their job, how frustrating would that be to you? 
you work all night trying to get a book report going and you have three other uh three other teammates or classmates or partners for this project but you finding yourself writing the whole paper what like man you serious right now and then all of us are going to get A's? No, bro. You know, so that's human nature. These are scenarios that the everyday common man, common woman go through. So imagine this guy who's out here. Think about this. You're playing a very violent sport. You're playing, your, your job is to carry a football up the A-gap or the outside and you have two 300-pound men who are about as fast as you slamming into you. And you have to do this 25 times. I'm, I'm just saying on an average, 25 times. And then you know out of those 25 times, at least 15, as soon as you get the ball, somebody going to hit you smack dab in the chest, in your lower extremities, in your head, you're telling me that you want to be frustrated in, in a situation like that. You're telling me you can't understand that? When a guy that is supposed to protect you, their job is to make sure that they force this man away, you know, push this man against his own will in order to open up a lane for you to guide through. And they can't do that. As soon as you get the ball, the defender is in the backfield. That would frustrate even the strongest-willed individual. So I, I cannot blame him for being frustrated it would frustrate me honestly a uh, rocket ishmael uh could save this team rocket ishmael wasn't pretty it wasn't too bad man to be honest with you get good receiver man take top off defense you know so i mean i ain't got no problem with rocket ishmael uh i don't mind us passing on all the quarterbacks except maybe lamar uh they wanted uh to boast the roster uh the problem was reaching for MD and uh, trading picks. Okay. Uh, could go, um, well, could, can, uh, got a more sure uh, investment. Uh, I don't mind getting car. Okay. So I'm trying to, trying to break this down for like, you know, you were trying to write something and uh, went exactly the way that you wanted to be. But I, I get what you're saying when it comes to like making a, a, an investment in a quarterback, you definitely want to do that. I don't mind getting Derek Carr. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, passing on quarterbacks. You know, look, there's some quarterbacks out there I feel like you can win with. I feel like you can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like you can win with Derek Carr. Not like the Super Bowl, yeah. Win enough to, to put the fan base mind at ease? Yes. All right. But uh, I still feel that you need to draft yourself a quarterback. I mean, I, I still feel that way. I don't feel like you should just be going into the season, putting all your eggs in one basket, and there's a possibility that it, it won't work out. So even if it does work out, how many years do you think Derek Carr still has in the tank? See, we look at guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, those guys playing into their 40s, and then all of a sudden like we just feel like, oh, it's just a natural occurrence. We're not even taking into account the guys that fall off the face of the earth before they reach 40, like Cam Newton and Matt Ryan, right? We just automatically just assume like these guys can play into their 40s because we look at the rules and what's been told to us by mainstream media. Oh, you know, they've been taking the quarterback. They've been taking the quarterback, but you can protect the quarterback all day. It only takes one shot. 
And if you're playing long enough, it's going to take more than one shot. And those shots begin to add up. And the next thing you know, that player is not what he used to be. See, Tom Brady won his battle of attrition. So now he's the standard. So now he's the standard. It's like everybody else is not looked at. Like So when you look at a guy who's 35 and he plays the quarterback position, now it's like, oh, he got about 10 more years left in him. But it always don't work like that. So I do feel that you still need to draft yourself a quarterback. You know, you still got to draft yourself a quarterback. Because I, I don't feel like what Tom Brady done, what he has done, is an indication of what is going to be. I, I don't. There's a reason why he's one of one when it comes to that. When it comes to, like, winning the battle with Trish. You can throw Warren Moon in there somewhere, of course, but he's outlier. But people aren't treating it as if it's outlier. Now, because he was so great, he became the standard. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I've seen quarterbacks fall off the face of the earth before they hit 45. And I'm not and I'm not believing that all quarterbacks are going to be able to play as long as Tom Brady has. Just not. So you better be smart about it. Better turn that news off. Better stop letting these, these talking heads hype you up and feel like, oh, man, we got our quarter. Well, he's 36. Man, we can have him for another 10 years. Okay. Going to find yourself being in the same situation the Saints are in right now. Uh, exactly, TJ. Uh, just draft a quarterback. I'd rather go through a rebuild and try to win a Super Bowl with these mid-quarterbacks knowing we ain't going nowhere. Thank you. Look, like I said, what the Saints are looking for, in my opinion, is optics. They, they don't want us to see them sweat. But we're not dumb, right? You know what I'm saying? You, you're perspiring. I can see it, right? You can put a hat on. You put a headband on your head, but I can still see the bees of sweat dropping down on your forehead. We can still see it. Just because you don't call it a rebuild does not mean that it's not a rebuild. Give you an example. I don't know if some of you seen this documentary on uh, ESPN 30 for 30, but it was about the Baltimore Ravens. It was talking about that great defense and that, that 2000 Ravens team that everybody talks about being the greatest defense in NFL history. There was a time when they was winning a lot of games, but B Brian Billick, who was the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, did not want them to say the word playoffs, even though they were on a trajectory to make the playoffs and have a really high seed. Just because they don't mention the playoffs don't mean those guys weren't thinking about the playoffs. Just because they mentioned the playoffs, those guys didn't, that didn't mean those guys didn't look at how many games they won and was like, man, we about to make the playoffs. So you can pretend and be like, okay, we're going to go after Derek Carr. We're seriously going after Derek Carr. And you can make everybody believe that, man, we're going to go all the way. We're going to win the Super Bowl. You can make people believe that if you want to or think that you're making people believe that if you want to. But we see the imperfections of this team. Now, you have some people out there that love this football team that's not going to question anything about the team. Anytime anybody says anything negative about the team, they're ready to fight. They're talking about your, your, your fandom. You're not a real fan. You're not real. You're phony. What are real Saints fans at? Yada, yada, yada. All I'm saying is you don't have to be the smartest man on the face of God's green earth to see that this team is rebuilding. Period. 
you can see it. It is it, 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 what they say is I can see it in your eyes. It, it's written all over your face. It's a rebuild. You don't have a quarterback. Somebody tell me if a team doesn't have a quarterback, what do you call that? If you don't have a quarterback, then what do you call that? It's called a rebuild. That's what it is. So we don't have to use the word just like the Baltimore Ravens didn't use the play, the word playoffs. You don't, you can you can call it the R word. You can not mention it. You can put that into your psyche and make it psychological, fine. But you know, and I know, if you don't have a quarterback, once again, if you don't have a quarterback, then what do you call that? You call it a rebuild. Take a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here. I also think TJ Loomis is going to go hard to sign uh, care because I think the spotlight on him, I think Gail starting to lose patience. I could be wrong. Look, Sydney, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And I'm just going to be as real as I possibly can. Who that nation? Mickey Loomis ain't going nowhere. Mickey Loomis is a lifer. Mickey Loomis is a guy I would be shocked. I, like, I don't care what happens with the New Orleans Saints. I would be shocked if this dude ever was to get fired by the New Orleans Saints. It's two things that will happen. Number one, he will step down and take on another position within the Saints organization. Or number two, he'll just retire outright and just stop being an executive in the National Football League. They will not make him embarrassed by saying that he's not good enough. And then also, he is responsible for giving the Saints the most prosperous moment in franchise history. He was the one that hired Sean Payton, and he was the one that hired the guy that got the Saints something that they have not had since 2009, which is a Super Bowl. And we know that we are loyal people in the world, right? We are loyal. We stick with something way too long. We, we know that we, we have these goats and we appoint these goats in weird ways, right? You got the guy that stands in front of the corner store and been standing there since I was a kid. It's the guy who's always under the bridge dancing. It's the guy who used to have the Bible in his hand and used to have that little small umbrella on his head and dancing and putting his hands in there and stuff like that. We we have like these, <laughs> these New Orleans deities. And what Mickey Loomis is, is a New Orleans deity. That's what he is, right? They're forever in, indebted to him bringing Sean Payton and winning a Super Bowl. They love this dude so much. They had this dude out here working as an executive with the Pelicans. This man is not a basketball GM. It's not, man, it's not a basketball executive. But they loved him so much, they gave him a way to make more money. He ain't going nowhere, man. So we, we might as well, <laughs> we might as well strap in. They will, like, you probably will see, let's just say it don't work out with D.A. You'll probably see two or three quarterback, I mean, two or three coaching changes before they even consider or think about getting rid of Mickey Loomis. So strap in, who that nation, and hope that it pans out. Your quarterback, most of the time, not always, show where you are as a franchise. Andy Dalton started for 14 games, a screen mediocrity or a transition phase, rebuild. Exactly. And 
he started off as the backup, which means that he wasn't the quarterback, right? So if that's not your starter, he's not on a right as of right now. Week 18 hit, he is no longer a New Orleans Saint. Once that game was over, he's no longer a New Orleans Saint. He's not, he's not the quarterback. Jameis Winston, we pretty much know that he's probably gonna be a, a you know, they're gonna cut him. So if you don't have a quarterback, what do you call that? That's all I want to know. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate that. Thank you to everybody that chimed in. The show, State of the Saints podcast, is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code SOTS, save 20% off your purchase. Once again, you purchase anything from Manscaped. If you show me the receipt, you send me your address, You know, I'll, I'll make sure that I give you a gift package. Still have uh, two available as of right now. Somebody already emailed me. Um, I'm going to be sending that out pretty soon. So um, there's some really good stuff, man. So if you are interested, make sure that you go to manscaped.com and purchase something and use that promo code. Uh, Previous episodes of the State of the Saints podcast are available on the State of the Saints podcast network right here on the YouTube channel. Also, facebook.com. You can search the State of the Saints podcast network. Also, and uh, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And you can follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. And for those that just tuned in at the beginning of the show, I'll rele- release the new joint uh, here on the State of Saints podcast, State of Saints podcast records, staff label, and mother-loving crew. We we released a new song entitled 3 and 14. So we're going to go ahead and, and end the show uh, listening to that for those that just tuned in. But till next time, all I got to say is, who that? at first
long as they got the air. Can't believe I was a fool to think this team was straight. I'd give anything and everything to make the Team will be three and fourteen.